This podcast could potentially have adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly the possibility of sexual content. <clears throat> Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Drinking with Authors, the literary briefs edition, which Val again was talking through the intro. What did you just say? They bring on the mysterious lady. I love that Zoom has this mysterious lady voice. It's an AI. Be nice to our AI overlords, Val. Well, whatever, but she sounds very sultry when she tells us <laughs> that recording. <laughs> you can already tell we've been drinking a while. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, how much Bailey's is in that cup, Val? That's terrible. I went with okay. light on the second cup. <laughs> okay. Welcome to, oh my gosh, I already said that. This is a literary briefs edition. My co-host is Val Willis, and she's already been drinking. And our amazing guest is Dana Ridenauer. Welcome. Okay, let's talk about what we're drinking. So I didn't do a refill because way too much of this cup was Kahlua. And then there was a little bit of coffee and some creamer in it. So I have a little bit left, but I'm feeling nice and toasty up here in the cold weather. Val, what are you drinking? Um, Bailey's and coffee. And my... And, and the coffee cup I inherited from you that says, I don't spew profanities. I enunciate them clearly like a fucking lady. You are a fucking lady. I yes, you are. Lady. <laughs> Dana, what are you drinking? You're much I wanted fancy. to liven up things. So I'm drinking Prosecco and I put a little fruit in there. I'm just trying to make it. Are those blueberries you were saying? Blueberries. Blueberries. Fucking huge. I know. And I was looking for strawberries, but I forgot to buy strawberries. So I went with blueberries. <laughs> hey, you know what? I love a good blueberry. I love a good boysenberry too. I don't think boysenberry, blackberries and whatever are used nearly enough. I, I wasn't a blueberry fan until I took the kids blueberry picking and whatever blueberries those were, they were amazing. They were regular blueberries. That's what a blueberry is. Yeah. <laughs> They're not different blueberries. <laughs> you are so pretty you know that's that's what i'm going to say there is that you are super pretty okay so with that said she's bright red i love it okay dana welcome to rapid fire questions on our literary briefs edition thank you favorite book of all time oh the prince of tides by pat conroy Ooh, why? Oh, why? I, I don't think anyone's ever said that before. Why is that your favorite book? Oh my God, I love Pat Conroy. I like all his books, but Prince of Tides just, I read it when I was in college and I was so moved by it. His description was of the low country. I road tripped to Beaufort, South Carolina when I was in college because I just had to see the area that, that Pat Conroy had written about, which is really funny because now I'm living here. And I'm sure I wouldn't be living here if it wasn't for reading Prince of Tides when I was in college, but I didn't realize you were in Buford. I've got cousins in Buford. I go there all the time. <laughs> oh my gosh. Next time you're in Buford, we got to get together. It'd be fun. Shout out to Jamie and Arno who always buy my books and artwork for me. <laughs> nice. Very um, cool. See, look, you could go do a signing because you know people in the community now. That's Please. right. <laughs> okay. What is your least favorite book of all time? Oh gosh. I'm trying to think. You know, I, I have trouble not finishing books. You know, like even a bad book, I still finish. Least favorite. Oh, gosh. Well, our book club picked a mystery one time. I'm trying to remember the name of it. It was it was supposed to be like a, a thriller. 
and book club picked it and it was horrible. And gosh, what was the name of it? But I, that was the first time that I had thrown a book down and said, I can't do this. I just can't finish it. Life's too short to finish bad books. <laughs> what, what turned you off on the book? Well, it was completely unrealistic. One, the writing was terrible. It's like, did this guy even have an editor? There were actually so many mistakes in it. And I can, I can get by a couple of mistakes because, you know, everybody, you know, it's hard to proofread everything. But when there's a mistake in every other sentence, I can't, I just couldn't do it. It was just, and that was a situation. And I'm trying to think, it seemed like it was a fairly large author, you know, that was popular. I wish I could remember the name of it. I just can't even remember the name of it. I, I think I got like about six chapters into it and said, this is too much. I can't do it. I, and I went back to book club and I was kind of embarrassed. I thought I would be the only one. Nobody finished it. Nobody finished it. It was the most fun we had in book club because we bashed the book the entire hour. Just, it was a huge book bashing. Oof. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's never good. Okay. What about a book that was turned into a movie or TV show? Which one did you think they did a really good job on? Well, uh, going back to Prince of Tides, I thought they did a great job on the one um, I think that was probably 93, though, you know, when they when Barbara Streisand directed Prince of Tides. And I thought it was very good. I don't normally like the movie after reading the book, especially one that I, I hold that close to me. But I did think they did a great job. I thought the casting was wonderful. I thought Nick Nolte was just brilliant in it. I thought they did a great job. The cinematography was beautiful. However, I did find out not too long ago that um, I think it's Apple is talking about doing a, a series and they're talking about doing um, Prince of Tides, which means they would have like six or eight episodes. The whole book would make it in there. That's my problem usually is you have a 400 page book turned into a two hour movie. That means most of it's cut out because I've written a couple of screenplays. So I know, you know, it's like basically a, a, a minute, a page. And so you lose so much of the, the book. But even even going back that far, I think they did a great job on um Prince of Tides was probably one of my favorite ones. And even older, I really liked um, Silence of the Lambs. I mean, it was it was a great, uh, they kept it creepy. I thought the character was great. I thought Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins were brilliant. And the funny thing was those two movies came up against each other for best picture that year. So two of my favorite books turned into movies were up against each other for best picture. Very cool. And I agree, actually. Nobody's, I don't know that anybody has said Silence of the Lambs, but yeah. I actually think they did do a good job with that. I, I mean, too. it does help having such amazing actors too, right? Oh yeah. How can you go wrong with Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins, right? Those two are just, uh, Anthony Hopkins was so creepy. I loved him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I agree completely. What about one that you don't think they did a good job with that you were like, what the actual crap? Oh, I tell you what, I'm going to take some heat for this one, I think, because I love the book where the crawdads sing. I thought it was really great. I'm going to high five you. I thought the movie was just very young adult. It was very, I felt like it should have been on the CW network instead of major motion picture. Uh, when I read the book, I felt sweaty and dirty and gross. And I felt these characters and it just, it was way too clean for me. I just thought it was, um, it was very much like just a young adult movie I, I was very disappointed because the book I love the book I thought Delia Owens did just a fantastic job writing the book and uh, I just audio I was really disappointed with the movie but yeah I don't think they did a good trans yeah 
No. no. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad I'm not. Cause usually I say that and people get mad at me. <laughs> no, I, I actually, so I listened to the audiobook, which is actually brilliant for where the crawdads sing. Um, I'm, I do a lot of road tripping, a lot of driving. We do a lot of conventions. So I listen to, um, audiobooks and podcasts, right. Um, to pass the time. And one of the things about that book that I didn't like is I didn't feel they set up the character the way they, and I understand because I also write screenplays. I know that you have to cut down and you have to choose what story you're going to tell, but I felt like they did not do justice to her story and thereby kind of messed up, you know, how, how the story unfolds and how they get there. Like, I actually didn't finish the movie, to be honest, because as I was watching it, I was getting more and more irritated. And I was like, this is not the story to me. You know, this. Yeah, totally I know. Crazy. I agree. We went to the movies to see it. So I did finish it. But um, I was just and I had I had built it up to my husband who hadn't read the book. And I told him how great this book was. And then when it was all said and done, he was just looking at me. and He's like, well, that wasn't very good. <laughs> he didn't care for the movie at all. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, that makes sense. Okay. What about, um, what is, what are your favorite tropes? Hmm. Like, I'm not sure what you're asking. Uh, so for example, what tropes do you find yourself writing? Let's be a little bit more specific. Like you do crime mystery and you do, uh, you know, friends r- reminiscing, um, other tropes can be like my husband makes fun of me because every time he sees me watching a Netflix show, he goes, let me guess a uh, girl discovers she has magical powers and goes to a magical school and she's the chosen one. And I'm like, damn it. Oh, see, yeah, that's, I can, that's totally me. You know, I grew up, I mean, I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer, that sort of thing. So I'm right there with you. Yeah, I like, and uh, my husband, he makes fun of me as well. You know, he says, you write books, you write, you're all serious and stuff. He says, but when you're reading, he says, sometimes you read the craziest stuff. Cause you know, I like, I like vampires. I mean, do I read them all the time? No, but do I, I like them. I like the shadow hunter stuff. I like young adult stuff because I like the whole, you know, um, I, I like the girl power thing, you know, like you're talking about the, the girl power uh, coming into their own rags to riches sort of thing. You know? I, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm right there with you. And, and like I said, one of my everybody, somebody asked me not too long ago, you know, about guilty pleasures. It's like, oh man, I can watch every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and not think twice about it. I love it. Eighties. Um, I like the eighties kind of stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm bad about Have you like read Witch of the Black Circle yet by. No, uh, oh. I haven't. You should read Witch of the Black Circle by Maria DeVivo. It's okay. about 80s witches. And they um, it's about back when anything was satanic. Remember that period of the 80s where everything was satanic if it was not. Yes. Whatever. Backwards yeah. records and all that stuff. Yeah. All of it is in there. It's all, all of it is in there. I think you'd absolutely love it. Okay. I'll pick it up because I, I uh, that sounds perfect for me. Yeah. I'm, um, I love anything related to the eighties and that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, I think it'd yeah, be Erica just rewatched Buffy the Vampire Slayer again. <laughs> so. I did. I just, I do binges. I rewatch my favorite TV shows. Season six does not hold up well, but everything else is pretty good. Like yes. 
Um, what's funny to me is I forgot that they introduced a cell phone in season seven, right? The last huh? season they introduced a cell phone. Totally blew that entire thing apart. Like <laughs> they could reach again. But then again, nobody had their cell phone on or there was no signal. I, I loved how they kind of like basically made it ineffective, the cell phone that did exist <laughs> at that time period. Um, and, and the fact that they managed to build an entire high school in one year. So yes, that, <laughs> that no construction crew ever. <laughs> yes. Well, um, and the, that, you know, going back to the, the couple that should never be together that are, that end up together, you know, uh, you know vampire and a vampire slayer should never be together, days. but you know, they're perfect for each I other. I have to say a Buffy because that, that's come up recently, but um, in season seven, Spike says probably one of the most romantic things ever to Buffy about why he loves her. What was that? I'm trying to think what it was. Oh, well, I ask you a question, Val, and I'm going to pull it up. I'll pull it up. You can't just drop that ball in here. <laughs> you I love the character of Spike, though. He was great. <laughs> was yes no he um ask a question i'm gonna find the quote okay you look for the quote and i'll ask a question we've talked uh on the previous podcast about how you pull a lot of um your information from personal experience and things is there a resource or a book that you find as a writer going to whether for research or for writing prose is there there's something that you keep close to help you work your craft or do your research for your writing? Well, um, I do like Stephen King's book on writing. I think that's an excellent resource. And I, I read that a couple of times. I thought um, that's really good. But you know, with me, I, I really think reading good books, just reading good literature, you know, any kind of any genre, it doesn't matter the genre, as long as it's just good books. And I think that makes a better writer. The more you read, the better you write. I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. I was doing a conference sometime and some guy comes up to me and he was talking about wanting to be a writer and he was pretty young and I, he wanted to write science fiction and stuff. I said, well, tell me who you read. And he goes, oh, I don't read. It, and I thought, well, you're not going to be a writer. And, you're not and he, thought, he thought I was just, you know, making a joke. I said, no, I'm, I'm not kidding. If you don't read, how do you ever th- are going to write? I mean, it's to me, it makes no sense. So <laughs> I, I just think, you know, reading good books kind of helps too along the way. And I agree with that. I, I was asked recently, uh, authors like, hey, I want to switch genres. What is your recommendation? I said, pick up the biggest books in that genre, whatever's hot, and see how they're delivering the story to their readers. Exactly. Because if you don't know how the reader has already been trained or the expectation the reader may have on your book, then you're not going to be able to write a successful story. Um, like we know if we, we were writing a book today about, you know, vampire slayer we kind of know what they've been exposed to between Buffy and all these other cultural reference J.R. Ward uh the Anita Blake series uh the shadow hunters that they have those tropes and patterns and expectations so it's it's definitely a big deal so if you okay you ready oh oh you get a quote you should I got the quote okay he says this in season seven and I just want to say this is when he's got his soul back and he they're not actually like formally in a relationship at this point okay so i'm setting the scene he says 
When I say I love you, it's not because I want you or because I can't have you. It has nothing to do with me. I love what you are, what you do, and how you try. I've seen your kindness and your strength. I've seen the best and worst of you, and I understand with perfect clarity exactly what you are. You're a hell of a woman. You're the one, Buffy. Yeah, brilliant, right? Great. Tingles, tingles. I just know. And people will make fun of you when you say you love Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but tell me that that's not just brilliant. I love it. You know, I think it's one of the, and I think the thing is that, you know, it's very different um, for us that were kids in the 80s. You know, we didn't have, in 80s going 90s and stuff, we didn't have a lot of female heroines, right? There were some. There was Princess Leia. There was Ripley from Aliens. I'm sorry, Jennifer Lawrence, Hunger Games. These women existed before you did Hunger Games. Look up some facts before you quote yourself on Twitter. Um, So um, there were a few, but seeing it on the big screen, I mean, we had Wonder Woman, which was, you know, thing, but they still had a degree of helplessness that was in some of them and they needed the man and things like that. Where Buffy at no point in time ever, actually all of her relationships were terrible. Yeah, she was completely dysfunctional. (laughs) Yeah, they were very dysfunctional. So she, she was on her own, you know? Yes. Um, I think that's interesting. That's why I love the character. I think she's one of the perfect, perfect characters because she wasn't perfect. She yeah, was, was uh, she was a mess. Horribly flawed characters. And that's yes. what I, I love flawed characters. Yes. And I think you have to have a flawed character because going through a lot of stuff, you know, we were talking a little bit off show about some, um, you know, writing of a character and stuff like that. But I think if you write a character and at the end of it, everything is happy and they're wonderful and they're perfect and they're not broken at all, depending on what kind of book it is. I guess if it's, you know, a love story and they find the man and they're all better, great. But if it's any sort of action adventure, they've had any sort of difficulty, you can't get to the end of it and they're perfect because if they are, there's something else very, very wrong with them at that point in time, I think. I agree. Um, Okay, so... uh, as we're getting sidetracked, uh, what is uh, what fantasy world would you like to travel in? What literary world would you love to go visit? Ooh, that's a great question. Hmm. Ooh, that is a tough one. <laughs> you know, because in some ways, I'd like to kind of go back in time if if I knew I was, you know, could be like a fly on the wall to like the Mark Twain era, and and just kind of step back and watch um history and watch uh, watch that area but then you know i don't know i, I like some of the the futuristic stuff too it'd be kind of fun to to time travel and and go forward i don't know you know Ooh, that's tough but yeah probably going back to uh maybe mark twain i'd like i'd like to go back to that era and just be a fly on the wall and 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 watch uh, watch how things unfold I love to watch some of the period stuff like I don't know the whole gone with the wind thing with the 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 dresses and the styles and the women that were just you know about to they had the vapors and about to pass out I just think it would be kind of fun to go back and just see that for real you know not not what's on the silver screen and what's not on the books and just see how how real it would be but then again I'd probably want to escape pretty being a female especially I'd want to escape yeah. pretty quick <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, fly on the wall is one thing. Also, the body odor, I think people forget about. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it just reeked. I'm sure they reeked all of them. You know, all those layers of bills. Yeah. Yeah. But especially living in the deep south, it would be kind of fun to travel back um, during those days and just see see what it was like. The antebellum homes when the carriages were pulling up and they were actually horse-drawn carriages and things like that. That would that would be kind of fun too, you know. But once again, I don't want to live in that area era. I would like to see it, uh, experience it, and then come back. <laughs> that I understand completely. Um, okay, so what about, where would you like to, like what's on your bucket list to go travel to now? Where's a place you want to go see? If there was. Ooh, um, I still want to go to Ireland and Scotland. Uh, we we traveled to Ireland uh, working, My Bill and I did when we were doing the undercover stuff, but we were working. So we didn't really have a chance to explore explore the country. I would like to go to Ireland and Scotland, I think. Um, and I've always wanted to go to the Galapagos Islands. That's, that's kind of a bucket list for me too. I'd always wanted, I would love to go to the Galapagos Islands. So um, Ireland and Scotland is probably doable. I'm not sure about Galapagos, <laughs> but, but that's definitely one of the Oh no, apparently like there's a cruise that goes to the Galapagos that does it like in a good way and like takes you where you can go, you know? Yeah, you know, because I want to do it with a company that would be, uh, uh, you know, have respect for the islands and for nature and things like that. I don't want to like go ruin uh, the Galapagos Islands by <laughs> any stretch, but to do it uh, um, in a respectful way and not not harm any wildlife. Apparently, there is a way to do that. So, the you know, fun things you can look up. Um, okay. You- if you could be any fictional creature, mythological creature, or fantasy creature, which one would you be? Ooh. I think I'd like to be a vampire because they're always good looking and stuff. So maybe something from uh, something from Twilight, you know, I want to be like, because those vampires are always beautiful and hot and, you know, yeah, I want to be a vampire in the Twilight series. <laughs> <laughs> I want to sparkle. <laughs> sparkle. You know, I, I mentioned this as much as there are things about that series that I think a lot of us are like not pleased with. The fact is they are actually pretty tough for as vampires go. They can go out in the sun. They're not limited. Obviously, they're a spectacle when they do, but they're not limited there by <laughs> sunlight. They're not allergic to garlic. Like <laughs> to kill them, you literally have to rip them apart. You can't like stake them through the heart. I mean, they are pretty tough as far as vampires go. See, yeah. So if you're going to be a vampire, you might as well be a tough vampire, hard to kill, right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's what I would want to do. And, you know, yeah. be a tough one because if you had all these things that limit you. Imagine if you're Bam, Bram Stoker's and you can't cross running water or other crap like that. Like this would be entirely too limiting to me. Yes. And even though you are still limited, you know, um, you're living forever. You're kind of watching the world evolve. I think, I think it'd be kind of cool, especially if you had other good vampires to hang out with, you know, a good family. <laughs> I agree. You'd have to have other people you wanted to play with because otherwise that could get incredibly boring. Um, okay. What about a weird food combination, my friend? What is something weird that you eat? Weird. Hmm. Well, gosh, I'm trying to think weird. What do I eat that's weird? I used to be a big cotton candy like um, fanatic. Um, probably still am. I try not to uh, eat as much sugar, but there for a while, I, I lived in California down on the, down in the 
St. Santa Monica, Venice area. Mm-hmm. And there was like a cotton candy dealer on the corner. And I would go in there later in the afternoon when they were getting ready to close. And sometimes they would give me like two for one. So I would go home with like these huge things of cotton candy and I would eat cotton candy for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So yeah, cotton candy, that that's probably kind of a weird food thing. Um, I, I love cotton candy. I, love I think cotton. cotton candy is very underrated. See, I know I, uh, you know, mm, yeah. So I'm, I'm a little bit of a sugar addict. So I have to be careful. <laughs> I could eat the entire thing of cotton candy. Have you seen uh-huh. that there's a video of uh, someone handing cotton candy to a raccoon and raccoons wash their food before they eat it? Oh, no. And he's like checking the bowl. Like, where the hell did it go? <laughs> no, I've got to look that up because that's too funny. It is. It is fantastic. I used to give um, like cotton candy to my dog and of course it would disappear in their mouth and they couldn't figure out where it went to. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny, but it's kind of cruel too, I guess. <laughs> I thought it was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> let's see. What Do you have a writing ritual? Like, do you have to have a certain beverage? Do you have to have quiet? Do you have to have a playlist? Is there like, do you have to wear pajamas? Like, what is the <laughs> ritual of when you're sitting down and you're going into writing mode for the next couple hours? I have to have caffeine. I have to have either coffee, cappuccino. That's where Bill comes into the play. So I have to have some type of uh, caffeine, uh, usually coffee or, or cappuccino. Uh, I write different places in the house. Sometimes I do bounce around. I start out one place, I'll end up someplace else. Um, so I'm not really tied to a specific location. And I'll do that sometimes because, you know, one chair make my back start hurting. So I'm going to move to another chair, that sort of thing. Uh, it, in the past, I have like started writing in my pajamas in bed. And then I found it's like two o'clock in the afternoon and I'm still in my pajamas in bed. If that happens, it's like, oh, well, you know, it was a good writing day. <laughs> so, so I'm kind of all over the place. I don't, I like writing in coffee shops. I don't do it a lot now, but um, I used to write a lot in coffee shops. So the noise, I do like the background noise sometimes, but I can't talk to somebody. And yet I can write in a coffee shop, but I can't have the TV on. So if I'm sitting in the living room and the TV's on, I'm done. I have to go to another People room. Suck me in every time, but I can write at a bar on my laptop, I can write at a coffee shop and get 10 times more done half the time. Yes. I feel that. That's about, that's it. And I write different times. I'm better in the mornings, I think, to start off and write in the mornings because then, you know, by afternoon, I'm kind of frazzled all over the place. So, so usually I'm a better morning writer. That makes sense. Um, okay. What about, mm-hmm, what about, what is something, because I can ask you this, I can't ask most authors this, what is something weird that happened undercover that you didn't think about assuming a personality undercover? Like, what is something, like, you did all this training, but what is something you went, I wasn't, because you mentioned vegan, like, uh-huh. were you vegan or was that like, ah! I was vegan for that. I wasn't vegan to start, but I had to become a vegan which meant I had to learn all about the whole vegan uh, lifestyle. And it's not just food. Everybody thinks, oh, it's just the food. Well, it's not. It's, you know, you don't wear leather. You don't use any animal products. You don't buy big from big corporations. You have to watch the brands. Like I would never go into Starbucks when I was undercover because it was a big corporation. I'd be careful. I probably wouldn't wear a sweatshirt that had Gap or something like that on it because, you know, they're most of vegans and activists are anti-corporation. So you had to be really careful on things like that. 
Um, and it's kind of funny, the first time I was going undercover, the, the group is a fairly young group. And so the FBI, they were doing, the case agents were doing some trash pulls to kind of see what was going on. And there was a lot of drugs going on and a lot of condoms. So they're like, okay, you're a young female. How are you going to get around like all the sex situation and, and the drugs? So you have to think ahead. Okay. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm not going to sit around and do a bunch of drugs and I'm not going to have sex with all these random people. So I came up with the idea that I should be a straight edger. So I did the whole, you know, X on my hand and gave up. Um, so that meant I didn't drink, didn't do anything to alter my personality. Well, I didn't think that through because I'm a coffee fanatic. Caffeine alters your personality and all. So I had to give up caffeine. Oh, I had to give up God. wine. Are you kidding me? I had to give up wine. Yes. And yeah. so I had to give up a lot of stuff that I didn't think through in the beginning, but that did keep me from um, doing drugs and also the promiscuous sex. Cause most straight edgers are kind of in a relationship before they engage in a lot of sexual uh, relations and stuff. So that kind of saved me in some ways, but also, you know, I'm giving up coffee was like pure hell. I will say that. <laughs> so, so that was kind of a weird thing that you don't usually think about, you know, what kind of lifestyle are you going to be living? So then the second time around when we were, I was undercover with Bill, I said, we are not straight edgers because I am not giving up coffee again. <laughs> so, wow. You age out of that for a reason. I mean, most straight edgers are really young. And then when they're 21, 22, 23, and they can like legally drink, uh, suddenly they're not straight edgers anymore. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh, that's hysterical. Okay, Val, do you want to come up with the final question? I'm going to ask one more. Okay, okay. What advice? I'm, I'm asking one more and then you come up with the final question. <laughs> this is what happens when you and Bailey's become friends because <laughs> the, all the sounds don't make sense to you. And the words, we're using the words and they don't make sense. So um, I want to ask, as um, a, a reader, how many books do you read per year? Not as many as I'd like. I mean, I would really enjoy, you know, reading 50 or 60 a year. But because of the writing schedule and, and the stuff I'm doing as an author, I'm limited. Um, I, I probably read 25 to about 25, probably 25 a year. Uh, I, I'm two a month usually. Um, Very cool. Yeah, but, uh, you know, uh, if I didn't have other things to do, I could sit down and easily read a book a week or, um, but, you know, life gets in the way of that. <laughs> so. No, that totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. Okay, now, Val, now I can ask the final question. <laughs> what advice would you give someone who is sitting down to write their very first novel? You know, that's kind of an easy one. Everybody always puts the cart before the, for the cart before the horse. My biggest advice is butt in chair. You know, you can you can research the heck out of everything and you can talk about, you know, how am I going to get this published and what kind of agent or am I going to use an agent? But you know what? Unless you have a manuscript finished, it's all moot. So butt in chair, just write it. And, and don't worry about, uh, you know, what people are going to think about it, that sort of thing. Write what's in your heart, write what you want to write, write what you want to read, but write. Every single day, right. Put the butt in the chair, right, 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 right. And then when you get down to having a finished product, that's when you start worrying about, you know, okay, which way do I want to go? Do I need an agent? Do I not need an agent? How do I want this published and stuff? I mean, you can think about it, but, you know, that's not, that shouldn't be a priority. The priority should be finish the manuscript. 
And it's such an easy thing, but that's the one thing. I'll, I'll have people ask me all these questions. And I'm like, well, how much are your manuscripts done? Oh, well, you know. I haven't started chapters, yet. <laughs> or I haven't started it yet. Exactly. Or I know what I want to write. I'm like, yeah. well, yeah. So write it, write it, just write. I love that. Okay, shameless self-promotion time. How can people find you? Well, I'm any independent bookstore, any big bookstore, anybody can order the books. Uh, I'm on Amazon. Um, I have the book in uh, paperback, ebook, audiobook. So if you're an audiobook person, um, it's the, the narrator is great. So uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, like I said, any independent bookstore. And if you have an indie bookstore in your town, I encourage you to go to your independent bookstore and support them. They can order the books. They're all traditionally distributed so they, they can get the books. Uh, also, my website is danaridenauer.net. I don't sell the books on the website, but I have all the all the links to Amazon and every place that they can they can find them. But um, yeah, so and I'm also on Facebook and Instagram and uh, LinkedIn. That's yeah, maybe Twitter. I don't tweet tweet too much, but Facebook is a good place to find me. And Dana Ridenauer Indorf um, is my maiden name, uh, my, my married name, but Dana Ridenauer author. Uh, you should be able to find me. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. You have just been so much fun. Oh, I've had a great time. I've had a great time. Thank you for inviting me. You guys are the best. Oh, thank you. We know. Thank you. <laughs> what? This has, been, this has been drinking with authors with Val's ego in check. <laughs> This has been Drinking Off with Authors Literary Briefs Edition. I have been your host, Erica Lance. My co-host, and let's see if she can actually get this right, has been Valerie Willis. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share and comment below. And let us know what you think about the show. And we hope to see you guys on the next episode. Very cool. Did you, I do good? Did you I you do got it? hazy at the end there. I got hazy. I was like, what I, else was I supposed to say again? I should have written it down. <laughs> Tina, it's been brilliant having you and we will see you guys next time wonderful thank you very much hey listeners you know me eric lance you're just listening to me in the podcast that you have but guess what i'm doing something new yeah, she's joining me, Mark Muncy, the author of the Erie, Florida book series in Erie, Appalachia. And we are hosting a new podcast called Erie Travels. Woo-woo, Erie Travels, which covers things like ghosts, cryptids, weird stuff, UFOs, men in black, all kinds of fun things that people talk about and I'm sure you've discussed with friends. Yep, and you can listen to us on your favorite podcast platform of choice or find us at eerietravels.com and join in the fun and all the spooky goodness. And of course, Mark, what do we always say? We'll see you on the other side.